I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello, I'm Murli Krishnan from Hindustan Times. I've been reporting from the court for the past seven years. Happy 70th Supreme Court is a 13-episode series about the court and its history. In this fourth episode of Happy 70th Supreme Court, I will talk about a significant period in the history of our birthday boy, which continues to be debated and discussed to date. This period concerns interpretation of an important constitutional question. The extent of the power of the parliament to amend our constitution. It started with the case of Sajjan Singh vs. State of Rajasthan and ended with what came to be the most famous case ever decided by the Supreme Court, Keshavananda Bharati vs. State of Kerala. So, what was the issue all about? It all started immediately after the constitution came into force and various states passed laws on agrarian and land reforms. However, these laws came to be challenged for violation of fundamental rights. The parliament, in order to protect these laws and make them immune from challenge, brought about the first amendment to the constitution. By way of this amendment, Article 31b along with Schedule 9 were inserted into the constitution. Article 31b provides that none of the acts specified in the ninth schedule of the constitution can be challenged for violation of fundamental rights. Various legislative measures were adopted by different states for giving effect to the policy. Despite the amendment, these laws were successfully challenged in courts. In order to save the validity of these laws, as well as other such laws which were likely to be struck down, the parliament enacted the Constitution 17th Amendment Act. By way of this, Article 31A was again amended and 44 new laws were added to the 9th schedule. The 17th constitutional amendment was itself challenged before the Supreme Court in 1964 in the case of Sajjan Singh versus State of Rajasthan. Now, the issue before the court was a little complex. To understand this, we have to look at two articles in the constitution, Article 13 and Article 368. Article 13 states that the parliament cannot make any laws which violates fundamental rights. Article 368 empowers the parliament to make amendments to the constitution. So, can the parliament make constitutional amendments which takes away fundamental rights? Of course, rationally it follows that if an amendment under Article 368 were a law within the meaning of Article 13, it should not be allowed. Well, our birthday boy did not think so. A five-judge constitution bench of the Supreme Court in Sajjan Singh vs. State of Rajasthan ruled that the word law in Article 13 does not contemplate constitutional amendment under Article 368. Thus, the court effectively ruled that Article 368 confers on the parliament the right to amend the constitution and that power to amend the constitution can be exercised over all the provisions of the constitution including taking away fundamental rights. Then we come to the next case. Golaknath versus State of Punjab, which happened just three years later. 
In this case, a 11 judge bench of the Supreme Court overruled the decision in Sajjan Singh versus State of Rajasthan. The court held that an amendment under Article 368 is law within the definition of Article 13. Hence, a legislature does not have the power to amend the constitution so as to take away fundamental rights. Now, these were not mere academic decisions with no implications. In fact, these judgments of the court had major impact on governance and brought the Supreme Court into a direct conflict with the central government. This was the time when Indira Gandhi government was in power and massive political churnings were happening. Gandhi came back to power in 1971 with a massive mandate and went about consolidating her powers. Now, in order to get over the decision in Golaknath, the parliament had only one option, to amend Article 13 itself. This it did in 1971 by way of the 24th Amendment Act. By this amendment, a new clause, Clause 4, was inserted in Article 13. It expressly states that the amendments made to constitution under Article 368 were excluded from the scope of Article 13. This effectively meant that the parliament could make constitutional amendments to take away fundamental rights. And now comes the big decision, the decision in Keshavananda Bharati versus State of Kerala. The same question came up before the Supreme Court in this case, whether a constitutional amendment is law under Article 13. A bench of the Supreme Court, comprising 13 judges of the court, overruled its judgment in Golaknath. It held that a constitutional amendment is law within the meaning of Article 13. This meant that the parliament could amend any part of the constitution, including the part containing fundamental rights. So, did this mean that the government could have its way and take away fundamental rights by amending constitution as it pleases? No, no. A birthday boy found a way to hoodwink the government. It held that though the parliament had the power to amend any part of the constitution, this power came with a rider. It should not affect the basic structure of the constitution. In other words, the constitution has certain basic features and that cannot be defaced, the court held. The decision was by a very wafer-thin majority, 7 is to 6. 7 judges ruling against the government and 6 in their favour. So, what are those basic features which would constitute the basic structure? The court left that open-ended to be interpreted from time to time and from case to case. The decision angered the Indira Gandhi regime and led to one of the first disgraceful episodes in the Supreme Court's history. Up until then, the Chief Justice of the Court was appointed by the government based on seniority of judges. However, immediately after the Keshavananda judgment, the government appointed Justice A. N. Ray as the new Chief Justice. Justice A. N. Ray superseded three judges who were senior to him. Justices K. S. Hegde, A. N. Grover and J. M. Shalat. This was a payback by the central government for the Keshavananda judgment. Subsequently, Justices Hegde, Grover and Shailath resigned in protest. This marked the beginning of a long tussle between the centre and the Supreme Court, which eventually led to the Supreme Court resting the pass to appoint judges from the government. But that will be a story for another day. If you wish for me to discuss any of Supreme Court's ruling, tweet to me at Legal Journalist. You can also show your love for this podcast by liking, sharing and following us on HT Smartcast. We are ever-present on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Until next time, this is Murli signing off. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. 
Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.